Dr. Grabowski, thank you for joining us today on Trending. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. I read your recent book, Unraveling Gender, and some of the things you point to in the book include this philosophical crisis leading to the identity crisis we're experiencing today that has seeped into the way vast majority of us think. And so I'd like to talk about nominalism. If you could discuss what that philosophical approach to reality is and how it's a part of uh, trends you're seeing, especially among young people and college students today. Sure. Um, Philosophers will make a basic distinction between two ways of thinking about reality, realism or nominalism. Realism is the view that things have a nature that they share. So even though trees come in all different shapes and sizes, when I say tree, we all know what that is because we know what we recognize the nature of a tree, even though uh, they take different appearances. Nominalism denies that we sh- there are common natures that unite things and that our words actually name them, describe them. So nominalism kind of disconnects language from reality. Um, so that makes it easier, um, kind of feeding into what you mentioned, this identity crisis. People get the idea that, well, if I just change the language, I can change the reality. I can, I can kind of... Mm-hmm. rename myself mm-hmm. um i could by redescribing if i'm unhappy with who i am with the way i feel about myself i can change my profile my pronouns my all of these things because in this view kind of language creates reality instead of language reflecting reality reflecting the world around us that god gave us It's interesting you mentioned this because it reminds me a lot of what we're seeing in the connection. I think that it will be a forthcoming crisis as well of the metaverse. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the connection and problems between nominalism and the metaverse. Um, Well, um, you're you're asking, you're probably asking someone from the wrong generation to to really take a deep dive into this. It's okay, I'm an old soul. Well, good. I'm just old, so soul and body, but that's okay. I, I mean, the idea that we can create an alternate reality, right, with our imaginations, with our technology, uh, which is what I take the metaverse to be, and we have different like versions of this in different comic book comic book universes that have, have turned into popular movies and such, but. Um, feeds into the idea that we can create identities for ourselves digitally and then alter them when we want to. So uh, my identity becomes something I project instead of something that I am, something that's rooted in who I am, in my, in my body, in my reality. So we've, we've kind of confused, I think, identity and reality. And I definitely see it among young people who are really they're, even if they haven't kind of gotten uh, exposed to gender ideology, their gender ideology, they are in a culture where the idea that identity is self-created, self-articulated mm-hmm. is all around them. Right, 
Right. If I can change language, as you said, I can change reality. And today we're living essentially with avatars, uh, which is essentially yeah. what living in the metaverse will be on one side. I mean, the artificial intelligence is a whole other component of it. But in a certain respect, we are living digitally right now with our social profiles, social media, especially younger generation using uh, technology such as it is the primary means, not just of communication, but of almost a hangout. There's a reason why Google created what was referred to as a Google Hangouts and had this for mm -hmm. quite a while as a place for you to go in and hang out with video chat, which video chat is amazing. I think that it's a fantastic, phenomenal development, but it's meant to be a tool uh, and it's not supposed to replace face-to-face -face connection. Oh, can you talk a little yeah. bit, Professor, about how you see young people in, especially even in you know, a good Catholic institution, a Catholic university, struggling with nominalism and the way they view the world, but also view themselves? Sure. I mean, again, I think, I think we, as a culture, we've kind of absorbed some uh, bad philosophy that Again, uh, we kind of invent our own nature. Um, that's that's modern existentialism, or we invent our own truth, which is postmodernism. And again, even young people who have grown up in their faith, in their family, and they so they kind of know that's wrong, but it's really hard to uh, resist all of those ideas, especially when it gets packaged into media and entertainment and the digital world where they spend so much of their time. Um, it gets really easy to think that, you know, identity is just, identity is what I put on a screen, mm -hmm. my identity. And so then what starts to happen is, well, then my body is a screen, mm. right? I can project an identity through my body. And if I don't like the identity I'm projecting, I can change the image. And, mm. you know, we, we have technology that enables people to change their physical appearance, which for some people is an extension of being able to change, as you say, their avatar, their, their digital profile. Mm -hmm. What you said was so important. My body is an identity rather than my identity. Isn't that fascinating that, you know, I was yeah. following the story, this sensationalized uh, Instagram person who has become a massive influencer. I can't remember his name right now, but he basically fell in love with a a pop sensation out of Korea. And he started to go through with changing his appearance to look like this Asian pop sensation. And so Ooh. he, you know, has changed his eye shape. He's changed you know, the pulls and tugs of his skin. Uh, and it's become very feminized. And now he also says that he's entered into a marriage with this pop sensation, who I don't think he's even... Uh, met before but he has a cardboard cutout that he carries around of this person and there's also obviously now some gender dysphoric uh, struggles for this young man too and as I look sure. at it Dr. Grabowski it fascinates me because it's an identity and that's the identity he's holding to today but that could change tomorrow and so if you could unpack a little bit of how this identity crisis and gender crisis are connected to uh, the philosophical mindset of nominalism that many people, even people of faith, can be guilty of as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, I think it's I, I, another thing that's kind of floating around in the world around us and in our, in our politics and some of our language. 
uh, Marxism, which also gives us the idea that language is power. And the way you exercise power is by changing language, changing the, the language people use, which, again, it's, it's kind of nominalism turned into a political program or, or a social program, right? I can effect change by changing language. And so uh, the fact that some people will insist on, uh, for example, that uh, they want to be addressed with a, a set of pronouns which differ from their physical reality, their, their biological sex, or that differ from either sex altogether, just kind of an invented set of pronouns. It's kind of a reflection of this fracturing of our, of our, of our language so that we more and more see language as disconnected from ourselves, from the world around us, and instead it becomes an instrument of power for me to project an identity, an identity which other people have to accept. And this is where, again, young people growing up in this world who want to, who want to be sensitive, who want to be inclusive, who are, who are encouraged all the time to be inclusive of others, they don't know how to... What, what do you do when someone comes at you and says, well, you've got to use my pronouns, which don't correspond to what I look like or anything? A lot of people have no idea. But it, it, it kind of changes the script for all of us, because mm -hmm. how then do we relate to others in a way that's loving, respectful, um, but also truthful? Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. I mean, I've I've had other I've had former students who teach at other Catholic colleges reach out to me and say, I have people who identify as transgender in my classes and they want me to use a different name, a different set of pronouns. And what do I do? And mm -hmm. my own I have not had that experience yet. I'm sure it's coming. Um but I would use a different name for someone because I yes. tell students, you yep. know, if you use a nickname, that's that's yep. fine. Um, yep. I have no problem. And a lot of names are not gender specific. But if someone asks me to use a set of pronouns, which obviously contradict their yeah. body and their physical mm -hmm. reality, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do that I because I don't want to participate in that distortion mm -hmm. of reality. I appreciate you mentioning this name challenge because it's uh, been a question many people, as you say, have been having to navigate at work or in a classroom setting. And my approach started really kind of right around Bruce when Bruce Jenner came out was that I said, okay, fine, I'll concede the name. I might remind you of the name. For example, I still call so-called Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, just to remind us of that. But sure. okay, I'll concede the name, but I can't lie to you and say that you are suddenly a female when you're not because that's going against reality and that's actually extremely right. harmful versus a right. name preference uh, is like you said a nickname and I know so many people to this day adults whose names have nothing to do with the word kitty but they'll still say they want to be called kitty I may think it's extremely immature personally <laughs> especially in a professional setting but I okay that's fine if that's what you want uh, right. so this brings me to the documentary What is a Woman that and, and book that was recently released by Matt Walsh. And mm. it was interesting watching that because 
he engaged in a conversation that I have had many times before with people where you're talking about something and you're defining terms and you're asking someone to do something such as define what is a woman or, you know, what does it mean to kill someone? You know, if you're trying to argue and debate about abortion and there were Mm -hmm. multiple times in his conversations, both on the streets of Los Angeles to uh, a conversation he had with abortionists and pediatrician who pushes a transgender agenda for Planned Parenthood, Dr. Forcier, and they were talking about how basically, well, are we really sitting in this room right now? I don't know. Are we actually having this conversation right now? And I don't know. Are we? You know, these people are asking, like, I don't know. Are we having this conversation? But then at one point, uh, Dr. Forcier actually ends up talking to Matt about Santa Claus. And Matt's kind of asking Mm. her this question of, well, okay, are we really going to trust a four-year-old to change their own gender when they actually believe in Santa Claus? And the doctor responds by saying, oh, well, that's a wonderful thing, you know, to a child, you know, believing in Santa Claus is a part of their imagination and their reality. And to that child, Santa Claus is real. And that's like, I agree with you. That's appropriate for a child. But then as they continue the conversation, all of a sudden you realize the doctor is actually saying that if a child believes Santa Claus is real and that Santa Claus delivers that child's presence, then that is true. That mm-hmm. is de facto true. And without going further down that analogy, because, you know, we're here on radio, I think that it's fascinating to see that people will go so far. If that is your reality, that is your reality. And we will 100% reinforce that reality. So reality becomes self-created. We all Mm -hmm. have our own realities, um, which again, that's, that's kind of nominalism on steroids, right? This is, (laughs) we're, we're just all in our own little world inventing reality with our language, whatever that means to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, is that really the world we want to live in, right? Where we're really not connected to each other or the world around us in any 